RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Tuesday morning means Tech Tuesday here on Reality Check Radio and Stephen Sykes. Sorry, we gave you a compulsory break last Tuesday, Stephen, because we had our RCR long weekend. I think from memory last time um, we talked a couple of weeks ago, you were considering getting into the field. I think you're particularly interested in that that first case you mentioned, which would be three weeks ago, of the woman's horse in the locale of the AM transmitter, I think somewhere in the Christchurch or Canterbury area. So yes. maybe you want to pick it up from there because I think you've been out in the field. Is that correct? Yep. Um, I I went there and I had a look and I think it, it was, you know, back three weeks ago when I talked about um, – and these were photographs I've seen in, in Austria where you could see where cell phone towers, for example, were, and you could see how the signal had been affecting the trees. You know, you'd have a nice, luscious tree, but part of it was sick or appeared to be unwell, dead or something. It's one thing to see photos of stuff. It's like looking at someone's holiday photos, right? Yeah, okay, that cool, that looks interesting. But then you go there, and it's quite a different experience. So... Having seen this tower up close-ish, I was able to observe the same thing for myself happening to trees. So, the so, first... so you could see some sort of physical correlation between the proximity of the tower yep. and I guess the radiated beam that you can imagine and the facing part of the the flora to that yes. signal. Yes, although the signal from this tower is um, often... Um, directed, so it, it, it's not you know usually in a, in a circular right. fashion as directed, and in the where it's focused, you can see the the first line of defense, if you like, you know those trees, they're the ones copying it the most, and then behind that you can see the ones um, also copying it, but not quite to the same degree in almost. the firing line, but kind in of the fire, uh, yes, a few rows back. Okay, so what? did you observe? What sort of physical effects did you see on the trees? Basically, um, they looked sick. Things like leaves had um, fallen off in some areas, and you might not think anything of it, but when you can see that that um, coming out from the tower, you know, you see what it affects on the first line of trees, and then back from that, in line with the first ones, it's happening again just not quite as strong because the first line of trees is the ones that's bearing the brunt of it. And and then much further away, you can also see the same sort of phenomena, you know, over across the road, but still in line with the first set of trees. So uh, you're convinced? Yeah, I guess. Yes, yes, I am. Yep. I mean, okay. it, it, it's uh, as they say in in the first Matrix movie. There's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. Okay, so how far away are the trees from the tower? What's the distance? Probably just a couple of hundred meters. Because there's apparently an inverse square law that operates. So you know, like gravity, the you you get x amount out, and and it's it's double the drop off. So that's quite a distance. But the the further ones. Um, so the couple of hundred metres, that would have been the first line of trees that I observed right. from the tower. But even yeah. further away from that, there were trees that were still having um, an effect as well. 
Okay, I, I guess the question is, I mean, it's, it's not nice for the trees, and obviously they're surviving, but what does that do to animal life? Well, one thing that um, Penny observed was that when she had, um, she'd get bulls in to uh, service her cows, and she always insisted that they were um, of a placid nature because no one likes having angry stock. No. Within, within two weeks of the bull being there, it would start um, behaving differently. And this happened with every single bull she ever got in. It was always within a short time frame, animals would start um, acting up. Okay. Wow. Well, again, the question would be, what does that do to other animals? Um, violence is up. <laughs> what does it do to people? Also, those trees are in fixed locations, right? So they they can't move around. They're always at the same coordinate. So, you know, they can't get away. I, I guess animals move in and out of those zones and aren't exposed so consistently, let's say. Yeah, and power levels can change as well. What radio stations come out of that transmitter, do you know? Or that no, I don't know, no. Okay, well, that's interesting. Let's not get that confused then with cell phone towers that are broadcasting a lot less RF power normally. Yeah, they're sort of um, different, but at the same time, you need to remember that a lot of people, uh, and you know, particularly if you're living in the city, in fact, it's sort of worse now. But the fact that we now have it beaming down from outer space. True. Yeah. Um, you might recall a while ago, uh, one of the listeners wrote in to say, you know, check out the documentary "Resonant Beings of Frequency," and I watched that, and that was absolutely fascinating. I think it came out in 2012. Before I, I watched it, a random thought popped into my head, which this documentary by chance happened to talk about, and it was talking about bees. And bees use the uh, resonant frequency of the Earth in order to which to navigate, which is roughly, um, if not roughly, I think it's exactly 7.83 hertz. In this documentary, they talked about the effects on nature. One study, uh, they had beehives, and in some of them, they put decked phones, you know, the cordless phones that people typically have in their house. Yep. And in the other hives, they had nothing. They were just a regular hive. In the regular hives, bees tended to return. But in the ones that had a decked phone stuck in the middle of it, bees typically did not return or returned in low numbers. But on one hive, none of them came back. They didn't want to come back to being radiated. Okay. Bees, the bees didn't like the um, signal being put out by dick folks. Well, where do you go if you can't go back to your hive? I'll go make another one. Or go either or you fly away and die. Because interestingly... Well, it was um, a die-off of bees. Well, yes, that's been quite observed for a while. And it made me remember there was a sub-theme in Season 4, Doctor Who, and they talked about the bees leaving. And they made a reference that they were an alien species, so they just went home. But that also reminded me of a time when there was discussion going on some years ago about bug splatter. So you could um, track, to a degree, insect populations by driving your car at night, right. yep. and how much, how much, how many bugs would hit your windscreen and things like that. And they'd even stick um, a sticky adhesive on number plates and go for a drive and see how many bugs would would stick. Over years, the numbers have been dropping off which makes me wonder if there is some kind of uh, correlation and causation um, going on here. Um, in terms of 
the uh, effect on people, though? Because everyone knows or, or there's historical data of where those uh, AM transmitters have been located and some are still located. I wonder if you, you know, I don't know how you could do this, but if you look back into, let's say, domestic disputes, yeah. if you could find clusters, you know, disproportionate clusters in the vicinity of those installations. Yeah, that would be an interesting Thinking study. about the bulls, you know? Yes, yeah. I mean, yep. humans aren't bulls, but if it kind of um, amplifies negative or aggressive behavior, then just like you going and looking at the trees and seeing something physically, you heard about it, but you went and, and it, there was physical evidence. I wonder if you'd, you'd find the same. It'd be an interesting exercise, though I, I don't plan to do that. Yeah, I don't think I can fit that in my schedule either. You can't do it for next week? Oh, <laughs> I'm a little tied up. Okay. Yeah, so would you say that people have, they're not silly to have an, a sense of unease about the effects of these things, even though it's very difficult to, unless you've got, you know, some very obvious symptoms or you know people that have, you know, you can absolutely pinpoint their location and, and, and draw a correlation. People should be wary, but we need more information, don't we? Yeah, but the really hard thing now is that, um, I mean, there's there's lots and lots of evidence, and some of the show notes that I've put together with a whole bunch of links for people to go and read at their leisure and, you know, follow, follow that as they will. When research was being done to compare the health effects for smoking, that was easy because you just compared people who smoked with people who did not smoke, and you could come to certain conclusions. But it's much harder now when you do things with EMF because everyone's surrounded by it. And sometimes people are um, surrounded by more of it than others. So it can be hard to say, okay, these people are not um, uh, are not, uh, uh, should we say, bombarded by mass quantities of EMF and these people over here aren't um, subject to it at all. No, because we're all in the soup. We're all in the soup. So, it, you know, everyone's a participant willingly or not. That said, you know, there's people like Dr. Neil Cherry, who um, lived until 2003, who's done um, massive research. And, and there are lots of others as well, as you know, as you talked about before. This doesn't get talked about on the news a great deal. And um, there was the, um, uh, what are their names now? The EHT, um, Environmental Health Trust, and the Children's Health Defence, who people will recognise that Robert F. Kennedy is associated with, they took to court, I think it was 2021, the FCC, the Federal Communications, no, was it FCC, Federal Commerce? I think it's the um, the federal agency that governs um, radio transmissions. Yes, that's the one. They took them to court because um, the FCC was still saying that their safety standards that they came up with in 1996 were still fit for purpose in the modern age. And they took them to court and they won. The court ruled in their favour, which makes sense really because when you consider that, I mean, Bluetooth wasn't introduced until 1998 and right. in ninety six, most people didn't have a phone, and if they did, it was an analog one, not yep. a digital one. People weren't using Wi Fi on smartphones because, well, they just the technology wasn't around. So to say that 
standards in 1996 were still relevant. Um, yeah, no way. Yeah, no way. And so even though the court has ruled in um, in favour um, against the FCC, the FCC are still dragging their heels and won't um, – I'm just trying to think of what the uh, the wording was. Um, they had said that, um, you know, they're still stalling um, to explain how the FCC determined that it's – current guidelines, i.e. the 1996 ones, adequately protect humans in the environment against harmful effects of exposure to RF radiation. Yeah, and I guess the lobbyists, in, and well here, but particularly there, will take advantage of that. Oh, yeah, yep. You know, um, and if the politicians don't see any immediate downside, well, they know which side their bread is buttered on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it probably happens to a certain extent here too, maybe in a slightly different way. Uh, way certainly at a different scale, but you know, and people love the convenience. There's that word again, Stephen. It's so convenient. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I'm watching people all the time pay for things now with their phones. I know. It's like I cringe. I I, I swear, part of me die dies when I see someone do that. Yeah, it's it doesn't seem real to me. No, I mean, well, you know, the obvious next step to that is what that is, don't you? You do away with a phone, you have a chip in your arm. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. That's the external chip. Yeah. Um, and, it's and, about to go inboard, onboard, inboard. And people like in Sweden, you know, they're already adopting that sort of thing. Yeah, we see that. That's the, um, it, it's so enticing, the convenience um, carrot, isn't it? Uh, it turns out that human beings are lazy ass, yes. you know, creatures. <laughs> they 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 hardly want to lift a finger if they can help it. Yeah, which is a bit sad, really, isn't it? Well, I think I think there are, and, and I think the last three years have demonstrated this more than most, is that there are some people who actually have a spine, and then there are those who have the spine of a jellyfish. Well, it's possible. Uh, you just got me thinking there that the spine of a jellyfish is basically just, again, the same kind of an extension of the same thinking. You want to outsource your effort. It's almost too much to make a, even a decision as to too much of an effort. So if someone else can make it for you and tell you everything's okay, it kind of falls into that convenience thing again, you know? And it abdicates you from responsibility because you took advice from someone else who you paid to tell you what you wanted to hear. You can blame someone else. Yep. <laughs> well, I, normally you'd say it's a win-win, but it's not because um, because you, you, you're blaming somebody else for something that's actually happened to you. So yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. that little point. But but it does say it's a very lazy thing. It's convenient, but it's kind of lazy in my in my view anyway. Mm. There's something very uncool about it. Do you think? Do you think that too? When you see people just waving the phone over, over the thing. Mind you, I use my FPOS card. Who am I? Yeah, but using your phone's like another. It's 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 the next. It's the next step, right? To have yeah. your your entire life on your phone, which for most people um, that's a spy device too, because they've got either Apple in it or they've got um, a regular Google phone things like that. And then, of course, phones have a habit of breaking. They go down toilets. You drop it on the floor. The screen's cracked. Oops, yeah. now we're stuffed. 
Well, you know what? There'll be this new um, uh, psychological condition. That'll be um, phone panic. It's probably there already. But with everything tied to the phone, and and even if you're without your phone for a day, that's it. Yeah, I think I think people no go panic. People go a bit crazy if they leave the house and don't have their phone with them. Yeah, well, thinking that you might have lost it or it doesn't work is even now a, a freaky thing, you know. Yeah. Anyway, but, so we could talk about that for, forever in a day. So th- that was interesting about the children's um, what was it health. Um, health de- Children's Health Defence, along with the Environmental yeah. Health Trust, who took the FCC to court and won. So th- that's interesting because it means one of the mainstream presidential candidates already has his head around this. Oh, yeah. The corporates won't like that. No, they won't. No. You should be careful. We got um, some interesting uh, feedback from last time as well, which um, we'll go through. Um, well, let's do that. Yeah, so somebody wrote in to say the latest hearing aids are now Bluetoothed to your phone. I don't know what purpose they serve, but um, for some reason it made me remember about a woman who I've met, um, Karen Sandler. I think she's actually a lawyer by trade, but um, she's based in uh, Brooklyn, New York, if I remember correctly, and I've had the pleasure of meeting her a couple of times. She has a heart defibrillator. Now, um, most of the defibrillators that you get have Wi-Fi. She doesn't want one of those because when she went to get one, um, well, she didn't intentionally want one, but she said, you you know, you've got to have a defibrillator. Her first question was, great, what's it run? In other words, the software inside it, what's it doing? Because it has been um, observed in labs that if you – you you can hack these things because the security on the Wi-Fi ones isn't fantastic at all as a medical device. You can hack the defib. You can hack the defib and cause intentionally someone to have a heart attack. Oh, gosh, where does it end? So she um, was able to find an older model um, defibrillator um, and she had other interesting effects even from the non-Wi-Fi one. You know, as we all know, a lot of stuff, um, because it's unethical, doesn't get tested on pregnant women. She later on became pregnant and um, the, uh, shall we say, the difficulty of, you know, carrying around a child. um, Extra strain. Extra strain. So she was walking upstairs at one point and she was a bit short of breath and and the defibrillator decided, oh, okay, we'll give you a few shocks. Uh Uh-oh. She's okay. She's okay. Yeah. But, but um, this points out again um, the importance of free open source software because if you've only got a few eyes looking at software and no one else can fix problems, then because you don't test stuff out on, on pregnant um, people, women. Yeah, you need to convince the manufacturer to go, hey, you need to fix this. Yeah. Oh, sorry, it's an old model. We don't support it anymore. We don't support pregnant women. No, I mean, older model isn't the defib, not not the person. No, no, <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. But um, but we can sell you a new one. Um, oh, yeah, well, uh, that's that planned obsolescence thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, so that's hackable. So would that be just knowing a password and, and like an entry permission thing? Um, possibly there's, there's other things you can do. Um, you can, 
there's various Wi-Fi hacks you, you you can do to brute force your way into something like that. I mean, the security on a um, defibrillator is not fantastic. Um, you could really intimidate something, somebody with that, couldn't you? Yeah, you could like, say, "Remember, I've got the kill switch." I've got the kill. Yeah, literally. Anytime. <laughs> you say the wrong thing, and it's over, pal. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. Um, well, that's uh, something worth uh, remembering. Somebody, again, uh, again, that will go to the phone eventually. All that will be networked through the phone, will it? More than likely, because you'd be able to, you know, get feedback or statistics as to what the defibrillator was doing, thinking every time it caused the, you know, it would keep a log of every time it needed to cause somebody a shock and it might record um, various biometrics as to what your body was doing, that kind of yeah, stuff. You wouldn't want that malfunctioning, would you? No, not at all. It'd be shocking. Bonk. Okay, what other items of yeah? What other items of feedback have you received? Uh, somebody wrote in to say a friend was in a call center for years, headset on, and she died of a brain tumor, which was located behind the ear in her head. Tragic. What, the location of the uh, call center headset the, or something. Yeah, tragic and not widely known in the dangers. You'd see that. If that was a thing, I'm not saying it's not, but if it was a thing, you'd see you'd see that disproportionately represented in call center workers, wouldn't you? I would think so. And at the same time, there are people who are, I mean, because not everything in nature is, you know, made the same, clearly. There are people who'll be more susceptible yep. um, than others. But the exposure would be higher. So you'd, would, you'd yes. expect something there. Yeah, I mean, if it's a wireless thing attached to your head all day long, yeah. Okay. Um, that's interesting. Uh, what else do you have? A um, couple of people who've had uh, um, Blue Shield um, devices to mitigate um, the EMF exposure yep. um, did say that they worked just fine for a couple of months, but over time, um, over about two months, they found that the positive effects that they were experiencing uh, waned off. Um, it's not to say the device still wasn't working, but they stopped receiving benefit from it. Now, I'm not saying that it's – I'm not trying to say that I, um, they're not good products at all, but at the same time, you know, with anything in life, your mileage may vary. And if you're using those things and they are still working for you, then fantastic. But I guess what I am just reminding people of that your mileage may vary. Yeah. How do you notice – I think for most people, you can you can feel it. You feel a bit like a bit better. Something in your physiology changes. You see, that could be placebo. It could be. So, in in some ways, you you what you'd want to if it was working or not, you'd want to either turn the thing on or off, without the person knowing that you'd yeah that you'd done it. So, if you knew knew someone, you, you could say, look, sometimes turn it off, but don't tell me. Something like that, yeah. Because that placebo effect is very powerful, and I believe the very um, much. the prevalence of it is is you know a significant percentage of of how people feel. Like fourteen percent, I think, is the placebo effect. Mm, yeah, it's quite, quite significant. It is significant. I mean, I've always found I don't go to doctors anymore, <laughs> but but back in the day, you go there, you get a checkup, they tell you everything is okay. You walk out, you kind of feel better. Nothing's changed but you kind of feel better. 
Although these days you probably walk out of the air and feel rather annoyed because it's like, well, you're telling me I don't have a problem, but I, I know that I do. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I didn't have a problem, but I just always – it's like when you clean your car, you think it runs better. Nothing's changed, though. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. like a perceptual thing. Okay. Um, okay, any more? Yep. Um, a, a woman wrote in to say that Darfield High School has just banned phones for all students at school. We are thrilled. School put out a survey to the parents and 90% agreed to no phones. A win for our kids and community. Hopefully more will follow, which is a fantastic result. Now, the, the, the next um, the next thing to uh, fight, fight back against is getting Wi-Fi taken out too and go to Ethernet, go to cable, because the yeah. the effects of radiation on kids is much higher than it is for adults because of the um, bone density of the skull. And it's not hard to have the Cat5 running around the place. I presume it's still that sort of cable. That's what I have here at home. Yeah, Cat5, Cat6. Yeah. All you got to do is have plenty of ports. Yes, and that's, you know, it's it's not hard, right? I mean, it's cheaper to, to stick in, what should I say, the initial outlay is cheaper for Wi-Fi because you, you just mount access points in places, but running Ethernet cabling is more expensive. But then that um, ignores health effects that it has on kids. So you're not looking at the entire picture. Comes down to that laziness thing, though, the effort to plug it in. <laughs> I know. And, I mean, if if, if teachers want to have Wi-Fi in, in the staff room, sure, but get it out of the classroom. Yeah. Okay, so that's Starfield. 90%. That yeah. shows you that all parents want that. That'll I, be the same everywhere. That's yeah, that's that's really high. Um 90% is, you know, you can't ignore that, but yeah, that's a definite win, but got to work on the Wi-Fi now. Yeah, but they'll be that that will the thinking there will not be the EMF, not the radiation, maybe a little bit. It'll be the the distraction the social media generated anxiety yep. and all those things that parents yes. will be concerned about. Hmm. The the thing that you know um a lot of um modern laptops and particularly Chromebook devices don't have Ethernet jacks anymore. Um and you need to buy a you know a USB adapter that's got an Ethernet plug on it. But it's um uh, I mean I use Ethernet all the time. Well I do um obviously for reality check radio I need a fast reliable um, connection for uploading. Yes. And um, i got to say, Wi-Fi sometimes just does not cut it. No, no, it doesn't. It's unreliable. It varies in speed a lot. and Sometimes it can go very slow. Mm, it can. Um, but uh, when you plug in that cable, zoom, zoom. Okay. You can't say zoom three times because that might um, send on somebody else's um, uh, licensing particularly oh. Mazda. Oh, yeah, it was part of their... Yeah, you only, you only said Zoom twice, not three times, so you're fine. Okay. Uh, uh, somebody else wrote in to say, I'm with Genesis Energy. They wanted to install a smart meter in my home. I told them I was EMF sensitive, and their response was to demand I get a medical certificate to prove that claim, to which I replied, what doctor in New Zealand has the expertise in this field to make a diagnosis? What an excellent comeback. That's a good comeback. Mine would have been, mind your own business, asshole. 
<laughs> well, the vet. You could also. Who say... are you, my school teacher, the principal? I mean, you know, fancy wanting a note. But yeah, basically, you could you could play you could play the game the other way and say, well, I can provide a whole bunch of evidence to say that it's um, EMF's the problem. You show me evidence um, to the contrary. Yeah, you think that people would pay attention to that sort of, you know, engagement these days, but they don't. No, they don't. They're not, I can't. I'm not going to read that. <laughs> I'm not going to look at that. No. Um, yeah. Okay. So, but it, it's very sort of finger wavy, tut tut, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 You must get a doctor's note or or, or a note from your parents or something. You know, it's none of their business in the end. Okay. But yeah, good comeback, good rational comeback. Somebody asked um, about salt lamps, and they're fine. Um, what? They give off a, a nice yellow light, not blue light. And oh, they, okay. And they typically have um, incandescent bulbs in them, not LED, so they don't have the um, the uh, same effects. Um, let's see what else have we got here. Oh. Somebody had said that they've been wanting to move away from the incredibly woke meridian, but every alternative supplier tells me I have to have a smart meter. Well, as far as I'm aware, there's no legislation that says thou shalt have a smart meter. And if you recall feedback from other people we've um, had in the previous two times, uh, I think was it somebody was it gen oh contact energy and pulse energy were two suppliers that people named where they had success in getting away from a smart meter. Does and that mean that the meter person, man, woman, whoever it is now, would have to come around otherwise? Yes, or, um, and I know um, uh, PowerShop has done this for ages, you tended to, through a web portal, you read the meter yourself oh, right. and, and you entered in the numbers off the meter. They still might periodically send someone around to read it um, to verify the numbers you're putting in. Um but otherwise, yes, someone's got to read it old school. Yeah, they probably don't want to have to employ people to do that anymore. Well, it sounds uh, like a good way to keep people um, employed. Although I suppose some people have angry dogs that they need to um, need to contend with. That's where you have the taser. Yeah, <laughs> no, you take a um, packet of bacon. That'll that'll uh, distract <laughs> most dogs. Yeah, throw it out. You throw it over there and go and read the meter. There's probably all sorts of. Techniques, age-old techniques, yeah. to distract vicious dogs on properties to read the meter. But I think fundamentally, if they could get by without uh, employing people to do that, they'd prefer to do that. Yeah, um, we uh, got a communication from somebody who uh, is in Auckland. He's just started a business, being an EMF consultant, is a registered electrician and passionate about the EMF subject, and is going to be an exhibitor at NZDO. Is it NZD SOS in September. He's completed two courses on the subject, and the last one was the Australian College of the Australian College of Environmental College. Um, oh, be, okay. I have the best professional meters on the market, and have recently livened my website with some valuable studies and helpful advice for people to help themselves. Robin Marcroft. So, if you're in the Auckland area, um, mm. that might be a good person to check out. Um, in the show notes, I've also listed um, Robert Noble in Christchurch, and there's uh, Steve Hewitt, who's based in New Plymouth as well. So if you need to get home assessments, then 
there's three people that I'm aware of who um, can help out with assessments. All right. How uh, many more as we run towards time now? There's there's one there's one big one from somebody who uh, had listened to the replays for episodes one and two on EMFs. Um, she writes lots, and uh, to trim it down a little bit, she's asking because um, she's got concerns with a cell phone tower that's roughly a hundred meters away on the same side of the bedroom. And so is, am I right in thinking this is likely to be a high source of EMFs? The answer is yes. Um, and she's asking, she's got a house made of Omaru stone. Ooh. Is it yep. likely to block EMFs? The answer is yes, it can. Stone in general will definitely do that. Um, I would be absolutely certain because uh, this woman is saying, you know, she doesn't feel great. She feels like 73 instead of 53, sleeps badly. Yep. Um, and has these other health effects. Before you spend money on anything, spend money on having somebody get um, do an assessment so that you, yep. you can verify that the EMS from the tower are actually causing the health effects. Because after you have um, eliminated other possibility, possibilities like having bad water, bad food, um, or food that's got chemicals or stuff in it, you just need to be sure. You need to be sure. And just take the guesswork out of it and get someone to come and do an assessment. That's sensible. Okay, Stephen, great to talk again. And what have you got in mind for future um Tech Tuesday subjects. Um, had a random thought the other day that you know if if anybody had a a concept that they wanted, if I can use the term mansplained. Oh yeah. If they want some complicated subject that you know defined in everyday words, um, then yep, let us know and I'll mansplain it, not explain it. I'll mansplain it. If, if people want to do that, that's cool. Um, otherwise, uh, we'll see which way the wind blows. Okay. Stephen Sykes, Tech Tuesday. Great to talk again. We'll see you in a week. Thanks. See you then. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.